Welcome to Beer in a Movie, the podcast where we talk about shit that people care about, like beer and movies. The two best things. Sometimes <laughs> we wash things. something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Sometimes we wash things out of our mouths. Welcome to Beer in a Movie. <laughs> Welcome to it's Beer in a Movie. It's all staying in. It's all staying Welcome in. to Beer in a Movie, a podcast about two of the greatest art forms known to humanity, mm-hmm. beer and movies. Sometimes we do shit, <laughs> what? We achieve outstanding pairings, right. and other times we wash, wash the terrible taste right. of shitty intros <laughs> out of our mouths. <laughs> I am Dave Gurney, and I'm here with... Carlos Cooper. Joe Hilliard. All right. And this that is definitely... That's my favorite intro we've ever done. This is definitely a second episode uh, of a single recording session. And I will say, David, thank you for letting us pregame with this um, Anchor Brewing Merry Christmas, Happy New Year 2015. That's right. Merry Christmas, Merry listeners. Merry Christmas. Yes, thank you. This it, is our Christmas episode. It is our episode. Christmas episode. And it is also the third day of Hanukkah. Oh, on the third day of Hanukkah. My, no, they don't have that song. I don't think they, so. Have no. we? They, somebody must have adapted to the. I wouldn't doubt it. Yeah, but not that I'm aware of. Hanukkah starts on the 23rd, so if if that is the first, you include that as the first day, then the 24th. That's 25th, a good Hanukkah. Day. I like. I I'm not Jewish. I don't have the Hanukkah experience, but I love it when my Jewish friends have the experience of Hanukkah that overlaps Christmas and like both precedes and exceeds yeah. what Christmas is because it's just like a flex on the rest of us. That's right. Yeah. That's exactly it. I yeah. love it when they actually get that experience where it's like, oh yeah, you think you have a holiday? Ours starts now and it doesn't end until well after yours is over. So yeah. Yeah. I also enjoy when I'm invited to Hanukkah parties because I love the I've food. never been invited You're to You're a Hanukkah dreidel party. fan? I love the food that is uh associated Latkes? with it. I love Lakas. Lock- Fucking love lockers. They're I, heavy. I I, I like I like the taste, but I end up I feel really full. Love Kugel. Um, love a good matzo ball soup if it's. Uh, Damn! Now it's you're around. making me want to get invited um, to a Hanukkah party. Uh, yeah. yeah, my friend that invites me to his Hanukkah party, I don't think listens to this, but shouts yeah. out if you are. You All know right. who you are. So uh, this week we are not going to a Hanukkah party. We are going to be watching films. We've watched the films. We're going to talk about them. We're going to yeah. drink beer. And to start things off, I'll, I'll admit I don't have a great beer connection to the movie here. Yeah. But I have a beer that I wanted to try that I just got uh, in the mail from uh, a brewery. Unnamed in, beer service. Right. <laughs> a brewery in New Mexico, our first New Mexican Let's go! Beer. Right. Shouts out Travis Rourke. Corrales. Who's Travis Rourke? I have a friend in New Mexico that is a really big craft beer guy. And the last time he was in town, we went to Tapology, And he made the claim that New Mexico, specifically Albuquerque, is one of the best craft beer cities in america and is criminally slept on and will uh our friendly bartender at tapology was like you're a fucking idiot that sounds stupid there's no way like he (laughs) he didn't say that but he really like took him to task over it and he's like bro like we have so many good ones and joe if you keep up with our facebook about a week and a half ago two weeks ago joe posted um a thing about all the states we've had beer from, all the mm-hmm. ones we're still missing. New yeah. Mexico was one of them. And as soon as that list was revealed to me mm-hmm. and then to the public, I messaged Travis and was like, yo, what do I, yeah. what's the New Mexico, what's the New Mexico stuff I need to get? Like, let me know. Like, I need to make it. My question is how eager are we to tick all 50 states off of our drinking here on the show? I'm pretty eager. We, you want to like pursue that as a goal? 
I do. Okay. Yeah, I would like to. I would like to be able to say I've had a beer from all 50 states. Okay, well, we got 21 left to go. Uh, and After this? I've got... 20 left to go. I've got some Arizona shit on the way. So, from Ex Novo uh, is the brewery. It's called Mountains and Mountains. It is an imperial chocolate stout with vanilla, coconut, and Himalayan sea salt. Uh, so hell yeah getting this into the sounds delicious yeah it does all right so like i said no great tie-in with the film because this episode we are going to be talking about for the first half the most recent release from the writer director noah bombach and here at the end of the year it's it's getting on all of those lists right this is this is one that's being uh looked at for awards right especially some acting awards i feel like uh are, are being murmured about whispered about mm-hmm. and even best film yeah there, there's some of that yeah. screenplay um but this this film is marriage story it was uh it was released just recently through netflix you can see it on, you can see it on netflix tonight had it had a limited theatrical release preceding that that i i think for helped oscar qualify it for oscars man. and all that but uh now anybody listening right now should be able to go on their netflix account it, assuming you have that which i'm sure most of you at least have our fans should have netflix and if not start your free trial watch the movie <laughs> yeah um and, and here you have marriage story this uh 2019 release starring adam driver scarlett johansson laura dern julie Haggerty, ray liotta uh, ray liotta from yeah. uh, alan alda from goodfellas Love call back alan to a couple alda. episodes again yep. alan alda um, and, and, and a few other notable uh, presences there, right? Wallace Shawn, from oh, call back to our that. Princess Bride episode. really good in this. Also, a link between this and the second half of the movie, but the woman who played um, Scarlett Johansson's sister... Oh, yeah, Merritt a, Weaver? Yes, had a very notable role in the show New Girl, which will become clear why that's related in the now, second half. Now, I... I didn't know her from that. She also had a role on the series Nurse Jackie on Showtime. Okay, didn't see that. And I've seen her pop up in a couple other She things. was really good in New Girl. Absolutely. So a stock cast, right? A, lo- a lot of great acting talent in there. Um, mm-hmm. To tell the story... Well, okay, yes. No, I agree, actually. I'm a... I'm a uh, but there are some great... Some greats yeah. in there. Some greats in there. Yeah. Um, telling the story of a couple... Uh, reaching a point in their marriage where they are no longer feeling it and needing some mediation. That's where we start the film. But eventually it dissolves. And it essentially, even though kind of ironically, the film is called Marriage Story. should be called Divorce Story. It's much more the story of a divorce. Right. Yeah, Yeah. it is the story of a divorce. I mean, it's pretty early on the top of the film where... And there's, there's, a, there's a failed couple's counseling session, and then it's pretty quick after that that it's like, okay, we're getting divorced. Mm-hmm. It's happening. Mm-hmm. And Adam Driver plays the director of a theater company, right. which he has founded. In New York City. Um, in New York City. Um, yeah, in New York City. And that is getting some acclaim. They're about to take a show uh, at a Broadway. Scarlett Johansson was the star of that show, his wife, and has been the star of many of his plays. Uh, was the, pre- pre- was previous, the st- pre- previously a film actor and you know some uh, what we would probably call more mainstream studio teen comedy like kind a of can't things. hardly wait kind of thing a very can't hardly wait type situation if she had shown her breasts yeah <laughs> that was uh, a- but then transitions to theater because of her husband and um 
but then is, you know, going to pursue the possibility of being in a television series in L.A. And so they become a bi-coastal family right before she serves him. Right as, As the marriage is really dissolving. As the marriage is dissolving. And they have a young son. Yeah, and they have a son named Henry, I believe, right? Um, Uh, Yeah. Who is eight. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, is kind of the central conflict of the story in a way, um, in a sense, because, because the, the big the big point of contention in their divorce, is what custody. becomes a big is yeah. exactly custody and where the family is going to be cited, right? Yes. Like located that, and that's what escalates the conflict, right? Yeah. Because she has moved out to the West Coast, which he was he believed was going to be a temporary yes. move. She also saw his reaction to it as being reason to leave him. <laughs> so, you know, so she's out on the West Coast and feeling like, okay, this is where I belong and I need to be here. And he's feeling like, well, but we've made this family in New York City. We're, yeah, we've you been, s- yeah. said you were going to come back. Quote, unquote, said you were going to come right, back. Right, right. Um, you know, I'll be the first to dive into how I felt about this film. It didn't do a ton for me. Um, I, you know, I find that in the critical reception of this movie compared to last week's episode, Honey Boy, um, Honey Boy got a lot of criticism, as we discussed, uh, for being self-indulgent or like whatever, you know, being uninspired maybe. I didn't think that this movie had really anything super interesting to offer i mean i thought that Hmm. i thought that it was from a technical perspective not just in terms of like the filmmaking but the writing and the storytelling it's very well crafted like the narrative builds in a way that is interesting i didn't really ever feel super bored i mean there were some moments that dragged but i didn't think in a significant way put a pin in that i'm gonna ask you about moments that dragged in a little while okay i thought that you know from you know, a directorial perspective, it was good. I thought the casting was fine. But I just think at the end of the day, this movie fails to have a real perspective on the situation. It goes back and forth so much between trying to side with both of the uh, members of this couple. Um, it It's trying to do so many things at once, and I don't feel like it ever really did any of them in terms of its perspective is concerned, not in terms of the filmmaking. Um, and I think that if it really wanted to make a statement about the system in which you have to participate in in order to separate from your spouse, that it should have, it should have made a statement about that. But I felt like it just kind of tried to touch on that and then tried, it just, nothing in it landed in a really significant way for me. Now, my experience watching this film is, it was a little strange. Um, So I, and and this definitely is going to turn into me a lament for why I wish I had gotten to see this film in the theater instead of seeing it at home. Oh, um, did you start and go, stop and go? So I no worse than that. I, I started <laughs> it so that so this was a Friday night. I started this film with with my wife after the we we put the kids to bed. And I'm thinking, oh, this is going to be a good movie to watch yeah. with my wife, right. my spouse. Okay, it's good. It is a right. marriage story after all. <laughs> right, right. And I knew, and I knew going into it, it was more about their divorce. But it'll be interesting to see this play out. And and I got about 10, 15 minutes into it, and it started to drag a little bit. And I actually fell asleep. Oh boy! For <laughs> a good fifteen to twenty minutes, 
and snap back into it right when he was served the papers. Um, you, you know what I'm talking about? Like yes. the, in, yeah, yeah. The, in the kitchen, which is actually a very comic scene. I went yeah. back and watched it, and I the, and, yeah. and I appreciated much more scene. what was going well, on there. Well executed. Um, yeah. But I I woke up as he was being served, and there was this point of confusion and blah blah blah. And then I went from there on, and there I had no. I felt like this the uh, the wife, the Scarlett Johansson character, um, uh, Nicole, yeah. had not been established at all. In that I, it was all uh, Charlie's film. It was all Adam Driver's film. Interesting. And it felt so one-sided and sort of um, just bland. And, and and part of that, I think, I attribute to Scarlett Johansson, that where I think she's kind of a bland actress. It works in certain circumstances. Under the Skin was a film God, that so I good. really enjoyed Scarlett Johansson in. But she's an alien that doesn't have human emotions and doesn't express mm -hmm. them, and that works perfectly for her as an actor. Lost in w Translation. Yeah, Lost in Translation, where she's a lost sort of young woman who doesn't seem to have a sense of self. I follow your you through know, here, yeah. The, you know, the blandness in Lost in Translation It didn't works. work in this film. Now, I kind of disagree. What I will say is when I went back and watched those 20 minutes that I missed, what I was watching... They were so focused on her character. But you didn't have that opportunity so as the film continued. I didn't have it the first time uh, through. You. So yeah. it was very funny. I had this very lopsided view where... Because uh -huh. I think... But it gave me the perspective that once it tips past that like first half hour, it really becomes much more Charlie's film than it is Nicole's film. It's, I agree it, with that, it, yeah. it becomes much less interested in her. And they've already established, hey, she has her reasons for wanting to be on the West Coast. She has this, there's a legitimacy to her just being sort of diminished with him and just being used as a plaything with him. You know, he literally puts her into his plays, does what he wants with her, and then kind of moves on. Um, and, and, and that's a power play in their relationship. Right. And I didn't have that the first time through. So he just came off as kind of the pompous, sort of uh, self-centered whatever. Which he is, though. Which he is. Yeah, no, yeah. that's right. But that's only, that's the only thing that I got out of it. I didn't get any, like, grounding in, mm -hmm. in her character. Anyway, so so it, it worked better once I had that piece uh, put in there. But I still didn't think her performance was, was up to par with where it would have needed mm. to be to make this film get to the level where I was going to love it. This is a... I'm... Uh, I, we we have not really dive dove deep into Woody Allen in this podcast, mm -hmm. and I'm a Woody. He has one out right I'm now. a Woody Allen Is fan. Really? Sorry, yeah. say it again. His movie he has one out right now. I'm a Woody Allen fan of those early relationship based films, Hannah and her sisters, husbands Annie and Hall. wives. You know, now, I mean, Annie Hall, yes, but I'm talking about this that period of time where it was just. Actors dying to be in his films because the words that he gave them were so good to perform. And that's what Noah Baumbach's, I think, career is about to evolve into with the with the um, strength of this film. Some people are calling this a masterpiece. And the uh, words that the actors are given to give. And so I want to start with Julie Haggerty, best known as the the lead in Airplane, a film that probably killed any career she could have had because she's, she's the girl mom? from Airplane. Yes. yes. Yeah. 
She is so good in this movie. She is good in this Actresses movie. and actors that are given good meat to sink their teeth into that is just relationship-based and dialogue-based and not... And Woody Allen, for a time, and every once in a while, I'm thinking about um, Midnight, Midnight in, Paris. in Paris and little blips where right. he's back. Yeah, uh, Scarlett Johansson in one of them, Match Point. Mm-hmm. She's in Scoop, too. Match Point? Yeah. Scoop? In Inferior, scoop. I think, to Match not Point. Good. Yeah, not yeah. good. Um, so for that, you leave this movie and you say, yes, he's Kylo Ren, but Adam Driver's an amazing actor and he acts, oh. he's amazing in Man, this movie. I strongly disagree. Amazing in this <laughs> he's, movie. He's very divisive. No, he, I mean, he is amazing I, I, li- I like movie. him, but some people hate. I don't find him to be a When they actor. leave the lawyers and they just have a conversation and they're in his little shitty apartment and they they have the fight like like mm-hmm. like they get into the guts of all of it and he hits the wall and puts a hole through the wall it's my least favorite he, scene and he calls he, i, I want to kill you, you i wish you were but dead you, but let's put it out on the table carlos loves drywall and when he sees it <laughs> get penetrated <laughs> or it abused. just seems yeah. like this is an That was your least favorite scene. That was my least uh, favorite for scene. For me, it was one of the most powerful. I thought, it was, I thought it was really well done. Because I, I put my fist through drywall before. There was a scene where... It's real. It's a, That's a real conversation. It's a, it's a thing that happens, yeah. yeah. There's a scene where he's crying. I'll put through my fist through drywall right now. There's a scene where he's crying and you can see <laughs> you his, his, his chin like fidgeting, yeah. kind of. That scene was very very good. Mm-hmm. That, yeah. was, that was the first time I've seen him and thought... Maybe this guy can actually act. Oh, he but can, it's su- he can but act. it's such he a brief moment for me that it doesn't redeem oh, him so, in my eyes. He was so good. In this I film. I think he is. I think he is the same in everything he's in. No, really? I, I think seen, he was so good in this. I have not seen him do anything that makes me think that he is not anything more than a one note. Well, this is the movie that that, that proves that he's not that for me. I appreciate that we have a, a difference of opinion, but. Um, what was the what was the part that dragged for you? Because there was a part in this that is so bad. There's a mo- there's a scene or two in this movie. Uh, it's, it's a segment that's so bad uh, that me and, and I my I don't know that I saw anything that I thought was so bad. Yeah. I mean, I, I, you know, to go back to what you're saying about Nicole's mom, the actress whose name Julia is something Haggerty, Julia Haggerty. Um, Laura Dern was great. She was. I loved. She Laura did Dern. so good. I thought she was exceptional, yeah. especially given. The train wreck that was the Last Jedi, which was the last thing I remember seeing. <laughs> oh God, she's, she was she's so been bad having in that movie. Some, she's been having some good. Yeah, uh, she's been in a thousand good roles. Movies. I mean, well, no, it, I'm not saying that she hasn't. You but probably I'm just didn't saying, see Big Little Lies. She I did. Was incredible know. in that. Yeah. The last thing I remember seeing her in was Last Jedi, and I know that that's not the last thing she was in. But right. in my experience, it was the last Ruth, thing I saw her. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and yeah. so she was really good in this. Um, I thought Ray Liotta was pretty good in it as well. Yeah. I also thought... Uh, Alan Alda was fantastic. For, uh, amazing. For he's a one-note a, guy, but he a, did a great job. For a beer and a movie tie-in, the guy, um, Ray Liotta's like, assistant, was his name Ted? Mm-hmm. It was yeah. Ted, right? Yeah. So funnily yeah. enough, yeah. he also plays a character named Ted in Brooklyn Nine-Nine, and he dates the uh, cop that Andy Samberg's character ends up marrying. And But when they're dating, he... His big gag, you know, the joke mm-hmm. around him is that he's so boring that his favorite beer and that one of his favorite things in the world that he talks about at all times is Pilsners. <laughs> he won't stop talking about Pilsners. And that's like the big insult. He's so David Gurney's best friend. <laughs> I love a Pilsner. He, he is a hashtag crispy boy in Brooklyn yeah. Nine-Nine. Um, 
I don't know if I can identify a certain scene that dragged. I didn't like Adam Driver singing at the end. I could literally have mm-hmm. never seen that and been yeah. okay, and I never want to see it again. That scene dragged for me. Yeah. Um, for me, for me, the, the the film goes off the rails for a good ten minutes when they are in the courtroom. Okay. I so you're right. That scene. The 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 um the custody of the child becomes the central conflict because without it and how many times have you had a divorced friend that said well at least they don't have kids it's going to make yeah. it a lot easier I, yeah and that is the truth in real life I and it. when you have kids and you're trying to to negotiate how good of a parent you are based upon how much you're going to fight for your children i mean yeah. really it he has to know i'm up for him right it this, the cards are stacked against the Adam Driver character because they make the commitment to go outside the courts and just negotiate this, this themselves. Mm-hmm. When she goes to get an attorney who's the, the, the bulldog female attorney, Lorder. it requires him to do the same, which puts him into yeah. a financial, a precarious financial situation. I mean, you know, again and again and again, this notion that the court system, and I think that there is a lot of editorial about the process mm-hmm. and about the 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 mechanics of real life divorce in 2019. Now, luckily for me, when I went through a divorce eight years ago, I, I wasn't as wealthy as these people are, so I, we got to avoid a lot of that. Yeah, you, didn't you get your MacArthur Genius Grant right then? I'm still waiting on that, David. Oh, okay. uh, it's coming so, any oh, minute. Yeah. So, so, so that was another thing. I Are you to alluding to that's a plot device, like a, like a silly <laughs> plot is. device? It's it is, in there. It is a plot device. No, 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 but like like a silly plot device because I don't know it, it worked was... for me within the film because of what they had built silly. him up to though, be. Though, though, if we're looking at it, I mean, okay. So, the, so this, you know, the, the last episode we did, um, we were talking about the autobiographical elements of right. uh, Honey Boy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Joe, you were you were making the case then that like apart from that, what is that film? I don't know. Apart from Noah Baumbach and knowing that he had gone through divorce mm-hmm. and that he had had this kind of you know again, he's a director, not a theater director. But in no but time it, are we um, watching the Noah Baumbach story, and that's consuming the 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 ether of what this film is about. I was, I was public, as aware. He's not I was, a public a, enough figure for that. I was as aware of it as, and, and to the to the small audience no, that this sort of film probably speaks to most readily. Oh, this this film. No, Bombeck is to an no indie darling. No, he's an indie darling. But this he, film speaks to no small audience. No, yeah, okay. So he he is an indie darling, but so I I do agree with you, David. But I also agree with Joe in that I think that this film has um, uh, penetrated the zeitgeist in a way where. Everybody's watching it. Okay, like, because it's so readily available, and you can watch and, it for free. And since Fair over fifty percent of marriages end well, in divorce, and, and, everyone but, can but identify. Hold on, hold the on. point. I, I, it is a definitive fact that Noah Baumbach is not as public a figure as Shia LaBeouf is, and that's the, no, that's no, fair. Let's not that's get fair. Carlos talking about Shia LaBeouf again. We're going to be here all night. But no, th- <laughs> that that wasn't even my point. My point wasn't that this was somehow lesser than because you needed to know his backstory. No, but the fact that I did know his backstory and that I was watching this film and I knew that character was him. Give your character a MacArthur Genius Grant. Oh, did, did he get that? <laughs> Did he get the MacArthur Genius Grant? No, no, no. But give your character that. Oh, yeah, that's oh I'm yeah. I'm a genius. I got this genius. <laughs> I, I deserve. I, I deserve it, and I missed it. Okay, so 
<laughs> Aside from like a lot of this just not really like resonating or landing with me as far as like the characters and yeah. the point of view and perspective and everything, there is a very, very interesting article in The Atlantic um, by Ashley Fetters where she talks to a real life uh, marriage counselor named Ian Kern. I read that. Okay. It is a great article because it points to one of my biggest problems with the movie. And Go probably ahead. the first thing I said to my wife after we watched it is that I saw a couple that either A, didn't really need to get divorced, or B, all of their problems stemmed from being unable to communicate with each other. And in the in this Atlantic article, the guy says, this doesn't seem like as irreconcilable as some of the couples that I work with. It seems like something that could have very easily been worked out and that in my experience of seeing couples go through similar things, they often not only do not get divorced, but end up just getting stronger from it in the long term. And I thought that, I thought that after reading that and really being able to acknowledge like, okay, yes, this was a big problem that I had with the film is that it seems to me that everything that is given in the film as reason for the divorce was almost an afterthought and it was Noah Baumbach saying, I need to get a couple to a place where they're getting divorced so I can do all this other yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. But the justification isn't deep enough for me to really be he locked in and her. on board. He cheated on her. And, and, and that's, you can't, there are couples that cannot get past that thing. Yeah, and I think it's an pretty, those are but, weak but, couples. No, it's and not. We after, do not need to. <laughs> but no, it's not, no, no, hold on. No, but, it's not no, an after part. It it's not an, an afterthought. It's an afterthought. It's not, her. it's not an afterthought. It's revealed later in the thing. In other words, all of the guts she li- of she the. She literally says like, and I think that he, he slept with our stage manager. And then she finds out that he did. Yeah, but she already made but the decision. Her intuition to, but was she correct. Made the decision to divorce him at that point. Yeah, but the, but they had okay. The reason why they got divorced at the end well, of the they, day okay, was but, you got two showbiz narcissists but there you in go. a relationship. But together. I think, but I think that's part of it for sure. For sure. But I think that um, you know what Carlos is getting to this. This is something that I felt with the film. I think that you you're plunged into this with a couple. It really takes incredible performances to sell that this is a couple at this yeah. point in their relationship to do that. I think Driver was up to it. Yeah. I saw that in certain scenes. But I do not think that Scarlett Johansson was up to that. I think you might and, be right. And I don't think either of them were. I I just I feel like casting. the right actors in these roles, I would have been able to yeah. go there fully with them. I think with this couple, their chemistry and, and again, I'm putting more of the blame on Johansson, but it may just be driver's fault too, and I'm not realizing it, but it just wasn't there. And I think, could you have had a film where it built up to that and we saw their marriage dissolve incrementally over time? Maybe, but that wasn't this film. We were supposed to believe from the get-go that they not only had this strong bond, the issues had occurred but prior. that they were falling right. apart at the same time. Right. And that's a tall order. Well, for, for a film but, but, to pull but off, he but just, he mets out the information. What in, I like, interesting way. what I liked about the film is I do think it it walks us through a number of those moments that would happen in could potentially happen in the course of a divorce, and it it was interesting narratively to see that played out. Yeah, um, the different struggles. They want to be friends. They want to work it out themselves, and yet, oh wait, but 
what happens if this, maybe I should get a lawyer. Oh, wait, now I do have a lawyer. Oh, now you have to get a lawyer. Oh, we've escalated this. Oh, now my lawyer is a little bit too of so a that man. part I completely buy. Oh, now we need to switch lawyers. I and this guy's gonna okay, be, I was, was going to ask you. I completely you, buy I found that, that part of so, it. So from, a, from almost like a technical standpoint, I found that interesting to watch the escalation of a yeah. divorce. But, but, but to, answer, to, to answer the question I asked you, David, I'm sorry, Carlos, was the the part that I did, uh, liked the least was when they were in the court the courtroom and he had gotten Ray Liotta because he needed to to combat the bulldoggedness of the right. uh, Laura Dorn uh, character yeah. and they're just like tearing each other apart in court for a brief period of time before that stops. I did not like that part. I thought that was a bull. In fact, Aislinn, my fiance, looked at me and said, "This is this is kind of bullshit." Really? And that's that's because- not a real thing that happens. No, it because, is. Because, it is a real thing because, that happens. Because but, when I was watching this, what I wanted to ask you was, is the way that the legal process of getting divorced a accurate depiction as far as the way that it escalates the emotional and um, yeah uh, the way the relationship is working those proceedings the way that it did in this film Mm -hmm. because they really start cartoonishly going after each other yeah i I felt that it was cartoonish i don't i I don't know because in my situation i didn't have that i didn't have that there was no bicoastal situation we were all in the same county um i can tell you that i uh, i felt for the dude because you don't have to get an attorney you don't have to get an attorney but they started playing by a different set of rules than I had to play by. The rules, the set of rules that I had to play by, were just working out custody within the same county, and yeah. so it, it 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 made that a lot easier. Mm-hmm. But but being my partner, did they didn't get an attorney? They they mediated through the the same attorney, and they had very similar goals at, at the very beginning. I went through the court system, and I can tell you that once you go through that court system, it's a much more expensive, and b ties you to things that they eventually got to at the end of the film. And there is that autobiographical notion. I said that I think you know, it, if one of us were to lose a child. Like to some kind of tragedy, mm-hmm. we might watch a movie about watch that a movie about that topic with a with much more of a sensitivity and much more of a of a of of, of a love of that not a love of it would be it would be horrible but a, a relation and to it, that material yeah. I could relate I could relate to, to this material very much and I felt like the fights and the the frustrations and the I, I I even give Scarlett Johansson more credit than you do, David, in this film. I would agree. As well, I, 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 I really do. I don't think I, don't I understand think she your was point terrible. completely. No, I understand your point completely. Yeah. I felt though that Adam Driver delivered it, but then again, I'm the man in yeah. in the in similar this, yeah. situation. No, and and I and I will admit that maybe I you have a blind me? spot in her performance. That's why no, I think I the, the conversations that are occurring on social media about this film, whose fault was it? Yeah. Well, he cheated. It's his fault. Because in America, that's it. In the court system, boom. Whoever cheats, loses. Yeah. Cheating equals losing. 
Now, no one cheated in my situation. Let me just be very clear about right, that. Right. But um, but it's also okay. So then it's so then it's it's establishing how good you are a parent, how good of a parent you are through these court appointed things. I felt that they did that really well in this film, and that's why I think this movie is touching so many people. And, and the performances being as strong as they are, the material being as raw as they are, the 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 idea that it's stripped down. It's not a high budget film at all. Doesn't need to be. There's no special effects required in this movie. No. The frustration of a father trying to create a Halloween for his child when the mom gets all of the benefit of it. That's real parenting stuff in a divorce situation. Yeah, and... It was was executed really so well. So maybe it's just tied to the content. You know, that's there. Yeah. I don't think that... I don't think that I felt at any point that the cheating was the thing that put Adam Driver at fault. I think the emotional negligence is what put him at fault and why I felt like he was the cause of the divorce because he really doesn't give a shit about her at the end of the day. Uh, I didn't get that, Carlos. Oh, man. He only gives a fuck about himself. He's such a narcissist. But 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 also, the Halloween thing is another example of his narcissism because he can't just accept... That, that she wins. Not that she... That it, night. It's not even a, a matter of winning or losing. It's a matter of the fact that, like, she took him out and did the thing. Now he's tired. And it's not It's not about the kid. It's about him. It's not about whether or not the kid had a good time. It's not about whether the, or not the kid enjoyed his He could have Halloween. bundled him up it's, and taken him home It's and about the bed. fact that his wife is the one that got to take that him out to wins. Halloween. The word and that, wins. And yeah. that he didn't get to do it. And he is going to do it no matter what because he feels that it is his right to be able to take his kid trick or treating, oh, which, which, which to a certain extent it is. But at the same time, you have to be able to look at your child and understand, like, okay, you did this thing, yeah. you're tired. Now, what is going to be the most enjoyable experience for you? Because it's about you. It's not about how we'll good I feel about being to, able yeah. to do your right, thing, yeah. to do our thing. And so I think at the end of the day, even though. You know, we only get a limited time at the beginning of the film with Scarlett Johansson, and yes, her performance isn't amazing, but I like her much more than either of you do, and I no, clearly I, I and I clearly job. dislike Adam Driver more than either of you do as well. Yeah, that's true. But I find him to be the one. You, you don't like his lightsaber with the things out the sides because you burned do, your own arm. I do like that actually. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's a character design thing, not a choice of his acting. But I, I definitely found. His care, I mean, even though Noah Baumbach does desperately try to straddle the line between giving them both equal blame, giving them both the that ad- would be the right thing to do as a writer in this give, piece, give, uh, giving him giving them both the adequate screen time and all of that kind of things, and trying to like straddle the line between it. I think that ultimately the film suffers from that because. You say it's the right thing to do, but I disagree because I think if you're a filmmaker and you're telling a story about you know, a con- maybe quote-unquote controversial subject or about a divisive one at least, you need to have a fucking point of view and a perspective about it. Mm. And this film doesn't have that. Mm. And I, But I do think it leans more towards blaming Adam Driver's character than it does Scarlett Johansson's. And maybe that's my personal bias. And from an, autobi- from an autobiographical point of view here, and we can only surmise or, or guess. Maybe he puts the blame on himself. Maybe he yeah. does, yeah. Which, yeah. you know... I, I don't know that I, I like I say, I, I feel like... We stayed film... awake during the movie, David, so give us at least well, that credit. Thank <laughs> you. Yes, no, I'm glad two of us did. Uh, it, you know, I think this is a film worth watching. Mm-hmm. I'm not at all saying that this is somehow not even worth somebody's time. 
I think the, the thing that fell a little bit flat for me was just that the chemistry between the, the two actors did not come out in the same in the way that it would needed to have to make me fully invest in the story. But I think a lot of the the sort of narrative beats that it goes through, I think were really good. I liked it. And I think as it went on, I, I liked it more and more. Um, if only because it put me through those exercises yeah. in a way that a film like maybe Kramer versus Kramer oh, had yeah. in in the past that I that I had right. seen when I was younger, um, when I had no ability <laughs> no to context, comprehend right. what what that all what was the about. stakes were right, but I could still appreciate maybe some of the emotional. But there you're you're talking about Hoffman and Streep, mm-hmm. and right there they can pull that off. <laughs> Yeah, they, <laughs> they can pull can. that off. Driver and Johansson, for whatever reason, it didn't quite work for me in the way that I I would w- want it to have because I wanted to feel. I did. I got a little. I I got a little teared up at the end. The the tying of the shoe. The, the it's like the, there there was something going on there because they were I, ultimately. But friends. I feel like it could have been much richer if if I <sighs> invested more in the couple. Yeah. all the way along. So. I, I think I liked it the yeah. most between the three of us, yeah, but I, uh, so. I appreciate y'all's points of view. And it's certainly being talked about, and and it will still be being talked about when you're listening to this episode. I expect them to. I, I, if, will people be talking about mountains and mountains? This uh, ex novo uh, beer from uh, from New Mexico, Imperial Chocolate Style with vanilla, coconut, and Himalayan sea salt. I enjoyed this very much. It was good. I thought it was great. I think I would put this. Definitely, it it is a good beer. Mm-hmm. It is a beer that I would be happy to drink again. But when you bill yourself as an imperial chocolate stout with vanilla, coconut, and Himalayan sea salt, you want to you want to get some that's big fierce flavors. I did not get a ton of coconut. I, I, I don't think I got any. Co- I forgot I that it had. Coconut I'll buy it. In it, and I like coconut. I didn't get the salt. And to me, the idea of a salted coconut uh, vanilla chocolate stout. I feel like that's a flavor profile I want. Now, this yeah. as a straight-ahead, more imperial chocolate stout yeah. with maybe Strong. a hint of vanilla. Right. Yeah, I can buy that. So this is mismarketed. I, I just don't think it has the complexity that the description was giving to my mind. I accept you know that I mean? analysis. Yeah. it Good beer. I think not a disappointment, but... In the next batch, salted up, boys. Yeah. And girls. <laughs> so in the next half of the episode, we'll salt it up a bit. We'll go to another divorce film. <laughs> it's the divorce episode. It is. And, uh, yeah. and another beer when we beer get back. Beer and divorce. That's your new thing that you're doing. Yeah, I'm doing that, and we're back in like an obnoxious radio voice. I like it. And we're back. What are we back doing? We are back to drink beer and talk about movies. Uh, in this half of the episode, we are going to be uh, visiting Louisiana for the first time. Hey, welcome. We are uh, drinking a beer from Parish Brewing Company. This is what I would say... 
the most uh, hyped brewery out of Louisiana right now. Sure, they're Ghost in the Machine. Ghost in the Machine yeah. from them is very popular, a very highly sought after hazy IPA. But today we are not doing an IPA. No, we are doing the um, Mocha Hazelnut Coffee Stout. For, uh, it's brewed with coffee from Reve Roasters, I believe is how you say that. As our temperatures dip tonight uh, from 80 yes. during the day to 40 tomorrow, uh, this is perfect coffee stout weather. And this doesn't have an ABV. And when you're listening to this on Christmas, we'll probably be back at 80. So. <laughs> right. Or, or there'll be snow on the ground. You never yeah, know. Who knows? South who Texas. knows? Yeah. Um, but yeah, th- this is uh, a coffee stout that they uh, took some estate beans from Colombia and Java. And they've Do you know what the ABV those. is? Uh, it is 7.2. So one of, one of our rare second halves of the episode where we've gone down in ABV, though I think we did that last episode too. What, did we? No. We went, anyway. Mm, no, we, no, we went up last episode. We went from 11 to 12. Okay, there you go. Thank you. Yes. So, but from here, we're, we're going down 9 something to 7.2. Seven. So... Um, we'll, we'll see if it holds up in flavor and, and all the, the other experience that's available, uh, to us through this lovely coffee stout, hopefully. And as we're doing that, we're going to talk about Noah Baumbach's earlier film from 2005, The Squid and the Whale, which is also loosely autobiographical, um, but depicting the divorce, not of his own, but of his parents, And uh, featuring him or a stand-in for him as a character uh, um, played by Jesse Eisenberg, Mm -hmm. who who we've recently encountered in Zombieland Double Tap. And have we had other films? Art of Self-Defense. Art of Self-Defense, right. So so, some respect on it. Right. An old, uh, you know, stalwart of the Beer and a Movie podcast, Jesse Eisenberg. Yes. Back in... uh, Obviously, we did The Dead Don't Die with Zombieland 1. Right. So this is our at least fourth Eisenberg of the year. Right. This is the film that exploded Noah Baumbach onto the filmmaking scene. Yeah. Produced by uh, Wes Anderson. I know. I saw that in the end credits and I was like, wow. Well, well, they because he had uh, they had just done Life, Life Aquatic, Aquatic together. Yeah. Yes, yes. I, he wrote Life Aquatic and Darjeeling Limited with him. I think so. Yes, because I know that they were more than once collaborators. Um, so you have a guy with some writing talent, certainly that's um, yeah turning heads in Hollywood. And, and I mean, here I, he is with his uh, directorial debut, shot mm, on. Mm, mm, mm. Not directory. No. He did kicking and screaming, kicking before. and screaming, of course, and God. and Mr. Lonely and a few others. Idiot. No, he had had no. It's okay. He had had Sorry, a Joe. asshole. Right. He had had a '90s moment um, with kicking and screaming, which was like a post college, mm-hmm. like what are we doing with our lives? See, Gen I thought X. it was the Will Ferrell movie. <laughs> <laughs> yes, right. No, yes, you, uh, it was a different yes, direction you. altogether. Um, yeah, very different. But uh, not as but, good. But a film that I like because I remember Squid and the Whale coming along and being excited that oh, he's made another film. That's because yeah. Mister Lonely was a little bit of a dip for him. Right. That, that right. Um, no, I liked of it. Course. Not Mister Lonely. Oh shit! What is it? See, that, I, that's I, I, that's the uh, um, Harmony Corinne film. No, Mister. I've always known Mr. Jealousy. That's Mr. what I meant to Jealousy. say. Jealousy. Oh, very similar. Sorry. I've always known Squid and the Whale to be a high point of indie cinema. And you're like watching it's, it's it always, for the first time for the episode. It's always been something that I've heard about as like, right. you know, 
early mumblecore, I suppose. Um, <laughs> An elevated mumblecore, yeah. I, I mean, it's very mumblecore-esque, I feel. Yeah, but look at um, Jeff Daniels and uh Well, and yeah, Laura I mean, Lenny. there's, yeah. there's everything names. I there's said in that first episode. It's 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 highbrow writing that actors can sink their teeth this into. This is, yeah, yeah. So, but, 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 to, but to my point that I'll just, I'll, I'll wrap it mm-hmm. up quickly is that it's always been something that I've known about and that has, you know, been referenced. Has eluded your viewing. And, but that I've never seen. Right. And so for this episode, I watched it for the first time. And you got Jeff Daniels and Laura Linney mm-hmm. um, chewing Jesse up the Eisenberg. screen with, uh, with, 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 with... William with Baldwin? Acting on, on the Ball? screen. They play parents that, are, uh, that, that tell their two young boys, played by Jesse Eisenberg and another, who's a younger, young, the younger brother. Love the beard scratch fully. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> whose who's name, huh, it's itchy. Whose name I can't, uh, I, 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 I don't know, uh, that they are separating. And um, Welcome to Beard in a Movie. You get all beard of the... Are we having two different episodes at once? <laughs> we definitely so, are. I'm sorry. And you it, have all, it's just coming to me as you're talking. Yeah, and you have all of the... Um, Rather, rather than focusing on the parents, and you certainly do in this film. Yeah, this movie's all sure. about the parents and the boy. No, th- in, I think it's pretty split. See that? That's hold, one hold of the, on. In Marriage Story, it's all about the parents and the son as a prop. Right. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And Squid and the Whale, it's uh, it's the balanced. parents get a lot of great screen time, but it's really about the effect of the divorce on the on the on the sons. Yeah. Jesse I Eisenberg, I think you said already. It's David, balanced. Is, I want. I mean, I, I think it's. As far as the point that it's trying to make, as as far as its perspective is more about the effect it has on the two sons, but I do agree that as far as screen time and as far as importance, it, as far as the two narratives are concerned, that it is fairly balanced. But I think the most significant point that it's trying to make is about the kids. And how much is similar here? One of the two parents had an affair. One Very of similar. the... Uh, you've got a... The, the father, in this case, the Jeff Daniels character, had a hot streak of literary success, and now his career is in decline, while the wife's is on the uh, the uptick. Ascendancy, yeah. they, uh, Which she, actually is exactly what happens at the end of Marriage Story when correct. she gets nominated for directing. Correct. And then you've got... Same but, but what you have in this <laughs> instance is, <laughs> but a, a, is a richer script. It. It's a richer script. Yes. It's better, yeah. The yeah. Uh, Jesse Eisenberg character has got father worship, and yeah. the young son has mother worship, and now you've got... Uh, to an extent, but it, yeah. but at the very least is not... Uh, is he's not his father's favorite, and no. he knows it, and yeah. he's not being right. Yeah, yeah, he's so, slightly directionless. But this is there's so much performance here and so much acting. And I just gotta say at the top of this movie before we get into it, I love it. I love this movie the, very, very, very much. Cast, I love this movie very, very much. The casting is significantly better, except for one critical part that we'll talk about. In um, yeah, the casting is significantly better than what we saw in Marriage Story. Um, you know, as I said in the first half of the episode. That first movie lacked a distinct point of view and a distinct statement that it was making, and I think that's something that this movie has. Um, it's probably the first time I've ever seen Jeff Daniels and really fucking hated him. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah God, he's, he's brilliant. A, he's so good in it, but the shit, character is his hateable. His character is terrible. Oh yeah, no, you you well terrible. Okay. 
But he has he, little, he, he, does, he does not have much redeeming value. I was going to say no, he has no, little to no, no, no redeeming value. I agree, qualities. but with enough charm to pull it off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like that's, yes, that's he, he does I pull think, it off. I think what's what I loved about this film when I saw it the first time, when I've seen it since, I love is, rewatching it. You know, he's still got the charisma that Jeff Daniels always has. Yeah, and that a slightly, I guess, borderline. He's playing well, a certainly cat. narcissistic, borderline sociopathic <laughs> yeah. kind of character uh-huh. would have, like somehow able to pull it off in a way that I don't hate him t- totally. Like, you but know you see I mean? like, him I'm as so, a pitiful figure. He eventually, uh, but yeah. early on, like I mean, I think w- as the film goes on, I you know initially I'm kind of like. Oh, he's a bright guy. He's a he's a shining star. Oh, but he's full of himself. Oh, wait, but he's in it. And as it goes on, I become more and more aware of. Oh, this is a toxic character. Do you it's, sympathize with him? Ever? Not be. Yeah, early on. No, but it, later on Maybe when he. Early. No, not later. He's showing the boys this uh, uh, house with character, but it's really a dump, and there's paint peeling off the walls. He can't afford yeah. to do anything about it. Do you ever well, sympathize with the guy? No, yes. I mean, to some extent. Yeah, yeah the, the, those were some of the earlier, more sympathetic scenes. Uh, but then as it gets goes on, it's like, no, but he's just the most terrible selfish sort prick. of... Well, he's just he's always just completely locked in the one-upsmanship of... I knew this before. Yeah. I like this. Oh, that's lesser Kafka. That's le- you know, <laughs> lesser like, Dickens. I was going yeah. to ask, are we a serious podcast? <laughs> I, don't, I don't catch the reference. In the movie, he's like, oh, but, oh, but he's not serious. Uh-huh. Yeah. Especially in regards to the tennis. We don't well, take William Baldwin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a Philistine. Right. Yeah, Philistine. Yes. Are we a Philistine are we podcast? Philistine? Or are we, a we are. We're a podcast. bit of a Philistine podcast when we need to. We're serious when we need to. We're definitely we're, des- we're definitely schizophrenic. I, I, we're certainly, I do not think that uh, Jonathan Bombach would uh, would rate us highly. <laughs> Jonathan? Isn't that his dad's actual name? Oh, I, I and, no and, and like Marriage Story, you also have uh, the concept Bernard of... Bernard Berkman. The concept it? of blame. Who is to blame for this divorce? Who is to blame for... For for the dissolution of the marriage, is it the 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 mother, Laura Linney, yeah. who had an affair, or does she have every reason to have a, an affair? Again, I I think I put more of the blame on the male figure in this case, just like I did in Marriage Story. Yeah, and th- but then you also, of course, got two adolescent boys. Yeah, who one is st- rubbing cum everywhere. Oh, yeah. Which is a really odd plot point, <laughs> and would be a fantastic episode title. <laughs> um, yeah, he's but, learned, it, but he, I don't know if we can name that. But interesting. <laughs> but interestingly enough, I do. I think then and now, it's amazing to see how that's handled as a small plot point uh-huh. that's there. Very it gets addressed. Yeah. But it does not become an overriding problem. And Jeff Daniels' nor character, does it get resolved. No, it doesn't. Nor does it get resolved. Jeff Daniels' character says, "Are you sure both were his?" Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. As yeah. if someone else is doing. Did that. you as engage a boy who's, in that sort of thing? As a when boy who's yeah. coping with the, um, God, horribly difficult emotional response of of your parents of, of divorce mm-hmm. by masturbating in public at school and uh, what'd you say, Carlos? Smearing come everywhere. Yeah, he takes the results of that act and uh, makes sure that his mark is made, and he gets caught. Um, on library the, books, on lockers. Yeah, the older he, son, Jesse Eisenberg, uh, he, he's going chauvinist. to show how awesome he is by plagiarizing Pink Floyd's Hey You and thinking that, that he, thinking that he wouldn't get caught saying that I not only I wrote this song, I wrote this song. 
Yeah, he says performing it, it at blank. the school talent show. Here's a song I wrote. Yeah, and winning, but, uh, but winning his the dad talent even show. defends him, right? He's like, well, it's his interpretation, right? But he didn't. His, his dad, parents his, didn't seem to know. No, but no, then even they, when they, they wouldn't have been a Pink even, Floyd crowd. Even yeah, when it's would, revealed to well, him, I'm saying. his his defense is, oh, it's his interpretation. But, but he's allowed to live this delusion because his parents don't call him out on it right. early, which is right. your responsibility is. Right. You've got, like, like I said, father worship at the beginning where, where J.C. Eisenberg always takes his father's point of view, even though we as an audience, the three of us, have already determined that the father's a cad and, and, and shouldn't be worship, worshipped at all. And Jesse Eisenberg, I mean, this is my biggest problem with the film, and it's the title of the film, yes. is that uh, when he, at the end, the, the very end of the film, the resolution, if you will, is that he comes to terms with the idea that he accepts that his mother has been the caregiver, has been the one that's always been there for him by taking them to the uh, art, art, museum, the, uh, yeah. museum, museum of Natural, of Natural History. Yeah. yeah, thanks. Natural History Very in New York City. Natural and he, as a young child, he was the, the squid and the whale, the sperm whale, interesting, and the, the squid <laughs> battle, which is a real thing at, the, at a museum in New York. I've had an opportunity to see it. Uh, scared him as a Bless. child. He could never look at it through his without looking through his fingers. And he... Yeah rejects his father who has had a heart attack, rejects his father to go make this very on-the-nose resolution of his own childhood. I guess he becomes a man at this point to go look at this mm-hmm. exhibit without, with his full eyes, being able to look at it without fear. Yeah, that's my biggest problem with the film. But other than that, goddamn, this is a pretty perfect. What was movie. the was, What was, was the problem? I didn't understand. It's just what, on you the just nose. described it's just something so on the nose. Very narratively beautiful. Very narratively. And I'm not sure what exactly. Oh, it's was... just yeah, just so on the nose. And now all will be well. <laughs> so it, so that really well, bothered me. The it's, metaphor of a natural. Well, just because the director Ziga and the writer that called the planted, film this doesn't that mean is on the nose. No, no, we are watching films like Avengers Endgame and somehow making. Apologies. Oh, I'm not going like, to compare is, the two. I'm not going to say. Don't, don't come at me about. The I Avengers. can't. I have condemned the Marvel universe. Never on a once of did I ever say that Marvel Endgame. I will is say. Worth a damn. I will say <laughs> that. <laughs> I, Wait, listeners, go back to our. Endgame. No, if you're going to watch sure the Marvel we movies, this is pretty fun. But other than that, I, it's, I, it's not. I don't. Oscar worthy into anything. I don't love a movie where they say the title of the film in the film and i will also say to your point david he says that, honey boy three okay. or four times in honey boy no that's shia labeouf <laughs> that's shia labeouf he's yeah, immune from never, never mind david um, there's a big there's a whole different set of it's rules. a whole different set of rules for shia yeah. correct um but <laughs> another but 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 what i will say is that uh they never say marriage story and marriage story they i'll don't. give thank you god, that thank god thank god uh but do you realize we're in a marriage story right now <laughs> i don't know i tell a story well, every day on screen uh, every day on the stage <laughs> okay. and this my love is a marriage story <laughs> but my main point other than it's those things is that you said that it's a metaphor where they plant the seed, blah, 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 blah. No, that doesn't come up until the very end. Correct. It's really late in the film, the yeah. first time that you hear anything about the squid and whale story. Yeah. It's no. when he... No, come on. Yes, it is. It's, not, it's when he's in therapy it's, 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 at school. It's, it's when he's and, in therapy and because of the... he's telling the story. Yeah, and that's, but, that's, and that's, but it's an 80-minute film. It can't be that late. Okay, the, it's I mean, an 80-minute film. Small point. Small point. Small point. No, it's an 80-minute film. It bothers me. It bothers you, David. Hold on. Hold on. Let me finish. It's an 80-minute film. 
in which the metaphor, the over uh-huh. quote unquote overarching metaphor of the film isn't presented until the like 68th, 70th but okay, minute. But, the, but yeah, I don't, I, come on, come on. It, does, it, does, it doesn't bother me. It's it's less about the exhibit than it is about the connection that he has to it with his mom. I just, and, I just, and the, it, but it would be better if we had more time to Sophie, connect. You, 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 with have, you have too on, many freckles. We had we connect if, yeah, if we, if we had more time to connect with that metaphor because it happens so late in the movie. Yeah, and then by the time that it, it feels resolves, like a film school it's student like, resolution. It's not even that. It's just that we don't have time to connect with it in a substantial way so when that payoff happens at the end we are not given the catharsis that we would like to have but i don't but where as as opposed to in peanut butter falcon when which we talked about last week they eat peanut butter early on well you know not that early that was pretty no, no no one of the big things that gives us a real significant resolution is that he's watching this wrestler who's famous for the atomic throw uh-huh. and so we have this idea of this big finishing yeah, yeah, move that he has yeah. and then we get the payoff at the end right and we don't get that time kind of time with the whole squid and the whale metaphor so that. it kind of that's, seems that's to fair me, as having seen it for the first time within the last week uh-huh. it seems almost a little out of left field when that happens huh. and it doesn't have that cathartic ending yeah. kind of feel to it that i would like which you know we've seen in other indie movies like so, the puffy chair or like I, other things like that i get where you're coming from i'm I'm not gonna say that you're wrong but my he feeling is my feeling is that they've established his estrangement from his mother that he's distanced himself from his mother but you know that's I, th- I think part of the strength of the film is yep. I know at some level that he obviously had a much deeper relationship with his mother at one point. And it's only, yes, it becomes revealed in therapy where he has this, oh, yeah, but I did this thing and this was my growing right. up. And I had that. And so, yes, it happens late in the film. But to me, the seed was planted like scenes ago when the, I the know that there's... The and whale weren't uttered until just, later. And the then film. that put something mm-hmm. more concrete to it that then they could return to. Yeah, like so, I said, that, see, that, I to me that's a small I'm, point. To me the bigger thing is like the the, the, the adolescent... I'm not cho- saying it's a bad movie. That they I'm chose, not saying I didn't like it because that they, of that. That they chose the two sons that are um, far enough apart in age, they're close enough in age to both be minors, but they're far enough in age to where they're having different reactions very to, different experiences right um he's dating already yeah and i was i threw and that whole freckles thing dating. in yeah mm-hmm. he, he, he he's emulating this horrible cat of a father in his early relationship yeah the chauvinism the the, the, the narcissism the, all the of superiorism those i'm yeah. superior because i'm it's, the male in the relationship okay. and to go back to the first half that's half. smart writing and that's smart execution scarlett johansson's sister was a significant character in New Girl, which Jesse Eisenberg's girlfriend created and was the showrunner for, Elizabeth Merriweather. <laughs> that was the connection that I made in the first wow, half, which wow. I said was going to come full circle in this. And what was she, the word you used in our Honey Boy review? The um, inter- intercontextuality. intercontextuality. Um, it's very important to you. It is. I. But one of my favorite parts in the movie is when... FK Twig's uncle was the... <laughs> well, hold on. One of my favorite parts of the movie is when Jesse Eisenberg describes the end of the metamorphosis as Kafka-esque, right. and she looks him yeah. dead in the face and She's says, smarter than him. And says, 
wasn't it written by Franz Kafka? It has to so be Kafka. Be yeah. <laughs> she is smarter than him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, but he has this delusion of being like, oh, well. Yeah. My father she's is. She's not serious. Right. My father is a literary genius. My father genius, is, so therefore I am. And you're just some girl. You're not serious. I'm a lot serious. of touches in this movie that are and, just brilliant. Before I watched it, David came in the shop and we were, I, I told him about this idea that I had for marketing the shop, which I would have wish I would have thought of earlier, blah, 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 blah. And he said something about the pretension of Squid and the Whale. And he's like, ah, but I don't want to spoil it for you. And then I watched it and I was like, holy shit. <laughs> you undersold the pretension yeah. <laughs> of this movie because, oh my God, I cannot handle these fucking people. Like, yeah. It's so egregious and cringy. The way that they feel, they're so much better than everybody else, and they're just like these fucking schmucks, yeah. you know? Um, which makes it a way. good movie. In their own way, yes. Yeah. Right, Who, who've learned to navigate a different kind of terrain. But yes, I I, I totally agree. And we and, haven't talked but about I find Anna Paquin, so, who's great in it. Yes, yeah, she's great in it. And and really, going back to I think this is one of Jeff Daniels' best performances. And I Laura Linney. Yeah. And there you go. The chemistry yep. of these actors yep. is just... Palpable. I mean, even Jesse Eisenberg, and then the the uh, his younger his brother, this, but I love his Owen Klein. I mean, all of them are just firing on, on all cylinders, and it all. And, and Stephen Baldwin, Baldwin, where'd he go? Billy, Billy Baldwin. William. That's what I said. Where did he go? I don't know. Yeah, who. right. I couldn't so, tell you. I mean, so so it's just great to see this pulled off this way, and great uh, film, and I love going back to it. Go so. See it. It is no bombay. Ever want to watch it? Even again. if they wrap it up too quickly and it's I'll too watch long, it. I'll watch it again. I would watch this one again before I watch Marriage Story. I agree. I, 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 agree I would with agree that. with that yeah. too. Yeah. So, would we drink Rev again? This, okay, well, uh, in the last, in the first half, you said that the marketing was undersold to you. There was no Himalayan salt. There no was coconut. There was no coconut. Oh right. This is mocha hazelnut coffee stout. Mm-hmm. I got all of it. Me too. It was delicious. I'm getting all of it in well a, balanced. In a, yes, I was going to say in a very well balanced, mm-hmm. almost subtle kind of way. Not, none of those specific things are hitting me in the face, but they are all working very well together in this beer in a way that I find both enjoyable and very pleasant. And with I think actually better body than we had with a nine percenter. With the uh, you're right. With the, to me I this would agree. was. Yeah, so I mean, honestly, Parish, this Rev uh, beer is just fantastic. Good. Thank you, Louisiana. We look forward to getting to know you a little bit better. Good yeah. to know that they don't uh, just do a really good hazy, that they can uh, right. venture out into some other stuff. Not just ghost and in the execute machine. well. Um, did you see Marriage Story? Have you seen Squid and the Whale? Are you celebrating Christmas? Are you celebrating Christmas right now? Or are you on the third day of Hanukkah? Are you unwrapping either your third day of Hanukkah presents or your Christmas presents while also listening to this episode with your entire family? Next next week. Let us know. A Christmas bomb. A Christmas bomb. There's a rogue third Uh, beer. I'm just going to (laughs) say next week we're going to deliver our best of the year episode. Yes, we are going to have a retrospective 2019 episode coming at you. Uh, But in the meantime, what did you think about these films? Have you had anything from the breweries that we have just sampled from? Let us know. You can find us on all of the major social media platforms. Uh, that would be Twitter at Beer Movie Show, Instagram at Beer and a Movie, Facebook.com slash Beer and Movie TX. 
You already know the Beer and Movie Podcast.com is where we live. You can find a link to listen to this episode, which you're already listening to, or any of our past episodes absolutely free. I've said it once, I'll say it a thousand more times. We are a podcast of the people. Uh, and if you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, rate, review, and subscribe. We know you're going to give us that five-star rating, but please leave a written review. Let us know what you like, what you don't like, what you want to see more of in the future. And uh, go ahead and subscribe because that's going to help you stay up to date on all of the newest episodes when they drop. uh, So you can be the very first to hear them and the very first to uh, respond to us on social media about how wrong you think we are about certain things or how right you think we are. I don't know. It could go either way. You never know. Um, But I think... uh, I think it's been a good episode. I really uh, enjoy talking about these movies and drinking mm-hmm. these beers. Uh, right. So until next time. Have yourself a merry little Hanukkah. <laughs> <laughs>